0: You're listening to a Centro Church Podcast. We're continuing our series on, on legacy. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's a really important thing for our church to do because we have a very deep and rich legacy already. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I don't actually think that there's anybody here who was here when the church was open, but, but our church has almost nearly 70 years of history nearly 70 years of history that we have been ministering in and through the community of Ipswich. And so uh, we're we're gonna be talking about this over the next couple of weeks, gonna be be looking at at just the various aspects of legacy. Uh, But this morning, I I wanna wanna kind of uh, bring it to a point uh, in, in relation to what we're gonna be doing here at Centro Church, our Ipswich campus. How we can ensure that the legacy that has been handed to us the stones, to use Pastor Tim's analogy from a couple of weeks ago, the stones that have been handed to us, they don't just sit there and gather moss. They don't just sit there and gather dust. But no, we we hand on something bigger. We hand on something brighter. We hand on something that that, that has the opportunity to fulfill a greater destiny, a greater calling, and a greater capacity as we move forward into the future. And, and as Pastor Tim mentioned, this will culminate in our breakthrough offering, which will be taking up. On the 24th of August and and you may uh, you may be aware but there are our legacy cards so we're gonna be putting out our, our legacy cards on the seats just for the next couple of weeks because we do realize that uh, you know some people are gonna be uh, here this week some people are gonna be here next week and so we just want to make sure that uh, you can take those cards home please take them home pray about them with your spouse or or, or with your family and and, and you know, believe for a figure that God is going to use you to be able to build something incredible and something great in this place. I just want to recap uh, just a little bit what Pastor Tim said, because it was two weeks ago. Uh, and and it's, we'll start with the scripture, and it's found uh, in Joshua. And uh, I don't have the reference. It's up there. There we go, Joshua 4, verses 1 to 7. It says this, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together 12 men that he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as memorial among the people of Israel forever. The whole idea was that whenever somebody looked at these stones, they would remember the miracle. We sing songs. You know, I've seen you move the mountain. I believe that you can do it again. That song, it's a memorial of what God has done and what God will continue to do. And, and we need to make sure that the stones that are picked up, the songs that we sing, uh, both in, in the natural but also uh, in the spiritual, the songs that we sing point to the good things that God has done. They remind us, they're memorial of how God moves. And we need to be able to tell those stories to those that that come, not just the next generation, but those that come outside uh, of these four walls, those that come from the community in. This church has so many stones, stones built upon, built, uh, you know, one of the first or primary stones is that that, the, the property that we own on the corner there, which is that big orange building, that was purchased with a lady who came to this church. Got saved later in life gave her heart to the Lord and uh, and she realized that she hadn't been tithing for the entirety of her life and so what she did at that point that she uh, you know was saved that she received salvation she went back and, and figured out how much she needs to back tithe and gave it to the church in a lump sum now that lump sum bought the property on the corner which began centro church that's a stone that's a stone um, You know, and then years later, we purchased the block of land that was this one, and then we purchased this block of land, and and the miracles that God worked in and through that, I would be here all day if I told them all, but they're all stones, and we need to not stop telling those stories. We need to not stop carrying those stones, not just for the generations that come, but for those that come outside. Who, who had heard the story about the lady that had backtied before? Who hadn't? Case in point. Thank you. Thank you for illustrating that we need to constantly be reiterating and we need to never get tired of hearing the stories of what God has done in this house. We need to never get tired, even if it sounds like a broken record, it's the goodness of God. And that's what we need to be highlighting. That's what we need to be remembering. That's what we need to be dwelling on as a church. And this morning, I want to I have a look at what it looks like to pick up rocks for Centro Church Ipswich Campus. What it looks like to, because we have a great foundation, you know, we, we've got a great lot of rocks, but... Our job is not to look at the rocks and go, geez, there's some fantastic rocks. Yeah. Check out those rocks. Like, oh, gee, that's, that's, like, ooh, that's... Look at the sheen on that thing. Um, the rocks weren't meant to be admired. They were meant to be remembered. Yeah. Come on. And uh, I want to have a look at two scriptures and have a look at how they apply to us as a church, as a campus, and how we want to move it forward. And, uh, and they're from the Old Testament, uh, as, as is with the book of Joshua. And, uh, and, and how to move forward and ensure that the rocks that we have stay, but we add more. Uh, because we, our job is to continually add rocks. The title of my message this morning is In a Flame, Out of Court. And, uh, and, and so these two ideas, I believe, are what is going to continue to build the legacy the generational legacy, the faith legacy, the miraculous legacy, the leadership legacy that is in this house. Yeah. And I believe that we are going to see greater things than we've seen in the past. We all clap about that story about the woman that backtied, but I believe we're going to see greater income coming in. I believe we're going to see greater finance released in this house. I believe that we're going to see greater things happen. We, we, we sit on a property now that is worth millions because one lady decided to back die and and I believe that that's just the beginning it's just the foundation stone of what God wants to do in this house let's pray Lord I thank you for all of these people Lord I thank you that we are living stones of the legacy of God and Christ in us Lord let us not drop the ball let us not stop fixing our eyes on you. Lord, let us move toward what you want us to move toward. Lord, we don't want to have influence for the sake of influence. We want to have influence for your sake and for your kingdom's sake. Lord, we thank you for that which you've entrusted us. And Lord, we ask for more. Uh, Lord, I, I believe that we've been faithful in little. And Lord, we, we believe that the much is coming and, uh, and that the blessing and favor of God that is on this house will continue and won't diminish and won't dwindle. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Leviticus 6, verses 12 to 13. Yes, that's right. We're going to hit Leviticus. Um, who's excited for Leviticus? Um, any kind of Leviticus geniuses in the place? Um, there's counseling available uh, at the back. I'm joking. Bit of a Bible joke. Um, Leviticus is one of those books that is like... It's not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily uplifting all, the, all of the time. But uh, there's some gold in Leviticus. And um, hey... Look, if this is your first time at church this morning, um, this is going to be a very in-house chat. Uh, It's going to be an in-house conversation. And so, uh, you know, if if there's something that you don't necessarily understand, that that's okay. Uh, This is more for for people that have kind of been coming to this church and, 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 hey, we'd love to connect with you. Please come up and introduce yourself. We love having you here because, you know, our belief is that, as you, as you find Christ and as you find God, that you get added to the richness and the heritage that is already in this place. So if there's anything that kind of goes over your head, don't stress. Uh, this is a kind of a very in-house chat today, but um, it's not always going to be like that. Leviticus 6 verses 12 to 13 says this, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Everybody say, it must not go out. That was like Brown's cows. (laughs) Okay, after I've finished saying it, then repeat it, then say it. So we're saying it must not go out. Ready? It must not go out. Very good, very good. I've lost my spot. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Exodus 27, verses 9 to 19, it says this, Make a courtyard for the tabernacle. The south side shall be a hundred cubits long. I think we should go back to measuring in cubits. Um, how, how far away are you? Oh, about 10,000 cubits. Um, could you imagine Siri in five cubits turn left? Anyway, I'm going to stop being silly. This is The south side shall be 100 cubits long and is to have curtains of finely twisted linen with 20 posts and 20 bronze bases and with it silver hooks and bands on the posts. The north side shall also be 100 cubits long, and is to have curtains with 20 posts and 20 bronze bases, and with silver hooks and bands on the posts for the entrance to the courtyard. Provide a curtain 20 cubits long of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and finely twisted linen. The work of an embroider with four posts and four bases. All the other articles in the service of the tabernacle, whatever their function, including all the tent pegs for it and those for the courtyard are to be of bronze. Now, I don't necessarily need you to remember all of that, but I need you to remember fine linen and bronze, and then we're going to touch on them in just a minute. What does a church look like in a state of perpetual picking up stones? Because that's what we're supposed to look like. We're supposed to look like a church in a state of perpetually picking up stones, constantly building a memorial. See, the children of Israel were called to build a memorial for a time. But I believe that the church is is called to be... Uh, to be building a moving memorial where it's constantly being built. The memorial is being added day upon day, person upon person, experience upon experience, healing upon healing, miracle upon miracle. That's what it's supposed to look like. The church is supposed to be added, and these stones of miracles, of healings, of God encounters are supposed to be added. On a daily basis, I believe that we have to achieve, we can achieve this, but we have to do it with the knowledge and and in the understanding of two things that we have an inner flame and we have an outer core. Right now, there are churches all over this nation that are closing down, they're closing their doors. And I believe that it's because for one or both of these reasons, either one of these reasons or both of these reasons, that they've lost that. They've either lost the inner flame or they've lost the outer court. And there are churches who are closing their doors. They're closing their services. They're closing their meetings. There's denominations all over this nation that are closing their doors because they've lost the inner flame or the outer court or both. I don't want to be part of a church that loses either one of those, on, and I want to be a part of a church that sees these things thriving. Come on. We have over 65 years of history, and that history is not meant to be set up as a monument. It's meant to be set up as a foundation. And, and, and we will talk about that, we'll tell the stories, but we're not going to rest on the monument of what God has done, but we're going to move into the future and the foundation that God has built here in this place. So what does it look like to have a church with an inner flame? Well, I, that scripture says that the fire must never It's God's command that we're to keep the flame going. Now, when this command was given, the children of Israel were nomadic. They were moving from place to place. They were moving through a desert. And so it's interesting that in a time of movement, in a time of moving from place to place, God says, keep the fire going. Because I don't know about you, but it's hard to keep a fire going if you don't have wood. And, and, and so they're moving around and, and they're keeping this fire going. It's not like they're moving through O'Reilly's in the lush rainforest. They're moving through it from desert to desert. Yeah. And so my first point is that if we want to have an inner flame in our, in our church, we need to be prepared to carry wood. We need to be prepared to carry wood to fan the flame that God has put in this church. And uh, carrying wood is not easy. I was actually going to call this message Sticks and Stones, because I carry (laughs) sticks, move stones. But, you know, that's all right. Um, I'll I'll save it for next time. But church has changed over the years, if you haven't figured it out. Um, But church has changed. Uh, You know, back kind of hundreds of years ago, the church would have been like a small parish-sized thing, and the parish priest would have looked after those that, that particular parish, and they were his people. He kind of married them, he buried them, and things like that, and, and so, but, and then, you know, the kind of the invent of the modern church has also changed. Church has changed over the 50s, over the 60s, over the 70s, over the 80s, over the 90s, over the 90s, and now into the 2020s doesn't really have the same ring but it's changed and I think that, and it's become broader in its need to have people move it forward and whereas the, the onus was kind of on the parish priest back hundreds of years ago now the onus is actually carried by everybody the, the onus and the, the uh, responsibility is carried by everybody in the building And uh, now, to put on a service like we have this morning takes around 45 to 50 people. We've got the people up here that are singing. We've got the people uh, on our service team that are serving. We've got our welcomers that are welcoming. We've got our our sound guys and our tech guys. We've got guys in this side room that we don't let see the light of day. Um, (laughs) In the side dungeon, as we call it. that are doing our streaming service. We've got our guys in the kids' ministry that are... uh, Guys and girls, sorry, that's a generic term. Um, Don't get all offended at me. Uh, But we've got our our guys and girls over next door that are serving in our kids' ministry. We've got guys and girls that are heading up our, our hospitality team. It's about 45 to 50 people a service. Now, that's just for our campus. And we've got a service tonight, add that by two... And then if you add that over the course of the month, that's 200 people yeah. roughly over the course of the month that are called to carry wood. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? The truth of the matter is that at, at any point, one of one or 10 or 30 can go, well, I'm done. I'm done carrying wood. But you know what that would do? The inner flame would start to flicker. And... and, and even though church would still go on, maybe our effectiveness is diminished. Maybe the opportunity to be able to connect with people is diminished. And, 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 you know, and and this is just our Sunday services. During the week, we've got our connect groups. We've got our team meetings. We've got our youth ministry. We've got young adults ministry that's happening all across. And and, and you know what it takes? It takes people to carry wood. And, uh, and I want to honor those that, are, that have carried wood, yeah. not just in, in the immediate, but those that have carried wood over decades, yeah. those that have carried wood over, you know, 30 years to ensure that the inner flame is kept wow. burning, yeah. to create an atmosphere where people can walk in, can experience the presence of God, can experience the fellowship, can experience the connection of one another. We have a very, very friendly church, and it's not by accident. Yeah. It's not by accident. It's because people carry wood. Yeah. They get up at 8 o'clock or probably earlier because they probably don't take two minutes to get ready. <laughs> but people, people who get up at 6 to come and surf and to pump out worship music so that we can worship together. We've got people that greet people at the door. They can, that's carrying wood. Yeah. Let's make sure that we are constantly carrying wood so that the fan of God, the flame of God is constantly fanned... Here in this place, so that we can create an atmosphere where people walk in and go, "What? This is church. Yeah. I'm all about this." Yeah. Uh, I was talking to one of Bianca's friends the other day, and uh, and uh, and this was probably about six weeks ago. Um, stop messaging me from the front row, please, Amy. But it is Denise Duncan's birthday. Can we just say happy birthday to Denise? You know that um, that's wrecked me. I'm just totally gone now. Uh, no, but I was talking to Bianca's friend, and uh, she, she had a friend up from Sydney, and uh, and I said, "Oh, you know, what did you think of the service?" And she goes, "I never knew church could be like this." Yeah. And she goes, "This is amazing." Yeah. And she's like, I, I, "I'm, I'm, sp- like, oh, I, I, i never thought like I thought church was boring. I thought church was like old and and." and and just, but I walked in here and I was like, wow. And she goes, the only feedback is I don't, like there's so many people, I don't know who's who. Um, and I want experiences like that. Because that's a, that's a flame igniting experience. That's a flame uh, igniting moment in that, in that pers- person's life. And, and, you know, that's probably been multiplied over time and time and time again. Because why? Because people carry wood. And, uh, and, and, you know, I'll be honest, there's a, there's a tension because we are a generational church and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. We have four, sometimes, no, we, we have sometimes three, sometimes four generations in this place yeah. wow. at the same time. Yeah. Wow. That is phenomenal. Yeah. And look, it's a beautiful thing, but there's a tension yeah. because... A 17-year-old isn't necessarily going to love something that a 70-year-old is going to love. And we're going to manage that tension, and sometimes we're going to get it off. But can I just can I encourage everybody? What we're building is absolutely phenomenal. Um, very few places. In fact, I actually think that the church is one of the only places where you see this generational line that continues, where we have 70-year-olds and 7 year olds and everybody's interacting and everybody's here together and that is the heart of God and we want to see that continue we want to see that 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 move forward and you know I want to honor people like the M's and the Ackett's who have you know uh, you um, you know just they've got three generations three generations of M's uh, who have you know just served constantly and and that this is this is multiplied time and time and time again. There's an old country song, and Carol will know it. Will the circle be unbroken? And uh, our job is to make sure that the circle is not unbroken. Yeah, that whenever a new generation comes on board, that our, we, we love broad, but we also are bringing them on board and making them part of that circle. And that circle is picking up stones, and the way that we do that is by by carrying wood the next thing is that we need to make sure that we have long burning wood we need to make sure that we're making our kids a priority we really do uh because we need to set them up for a lifetime of uh, of encounters with god of having moments with god of seeing the miracles of god because you know what they're going to outlast us (laughs) They're going, to be, they're going to be the ones that are here. They're going to be the ones that are driving this thing forward. And we need to make sure that we're investing not just time and money, but that we're investing prayer, that we're investing, uh, you know, a resource to be able to see them empowered to see God do amazing things when we're, you know, 60 and 70 and, and all of that. When I say we, you know, I'm, I'm using me as a kind of a collective Example there, but we need to make sure that we're, we're bringing long burning wood to the fire yeah. and uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes uh, when, when I have a fire I've got old sleepers that I burn and they burn for ages and they just constantly constantly burn You know why because it's been there's been moments where they've dried out and they're, they're it's, it's been they've been cured by the Sun and we need to make sure that our kids are cured by the Holy Spirit they're cured by the presence of God so that they're long burning so that their spirits are vibrant right. and, uh, and, and we need to be constantly be new, uh, reaching new people for Jesus yeah. not just like I'm talking about our kids but I'm not just talking about our kids but I'm talking about people out there who are not yet burning for Christ that sounds so weird but you know what I mean like it's an analogy and, uh, I don't want you to go out there and light people on fire <laughs> um, please <laughs> don't um just wanted that to be on record. So that, it's on the recording dungeon. Cool. Um, but we want got to make sure that when people come in here, they've got an opportunity to experience the presence of God. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, they become passionate. They become on fire. They become part of the place. And so we need to be constantly searching for and investing in long-burning wood. I'm going to rush through these just so that we can get out of here on time. But we need to make sure that we remove ash. From the altar we need to make sure that we remove ash from the altar of our hearts because you know what ash can't be burnt ash is already used up ash is already done you can't start a fire with ash and if you put ash on a fire it will actually kill a fire what's ash ash is a spirit of consumerism where we only make it about ourselves because you know what's going to kill a passionate fire a vibrant fire when we only make it about ourselves we only make it about a specific group you know if we only make it about the youth ministry and, and then, then then that's you know and and the youth ministry kind of And I'm, I'm, this isn't what I'm saying um, for the record again dungeon make sure that this is on the record I don't think that our youth ministry is ash I don't think that they're prideful but you know when we make it only about ourselves And what I want or what the youth ministry wants, what the young adults ministry wants or what uh, this person wants or that person wants, it crushes and quells the fire of God in this place. And so we need to make sure that we are constantly removing ash from our heart. Otherwise, it's going to quench the fire. It's going to quench the fire of God in our lives and in our hearts. And you know how I think you do that? I think you do that by carrying wood. Um, Because you see that which you're which you're moving towards when you're putting new wood on the fire the ash moves away the ash moves away and so that's why we need to make sure that we're bringing new wood to the fire and that's again it's part of that circle bring new wood in ash goes bring new wood in ash grows freshness freshness and uh i i love to kind of hike and and i remember taking a bunch of boys up Mount Barney, and, and there's a natural stream that runs down Mount Barney. But as you go down the natural stream, there's little bits that have kind of been carved off by the rock. And you know what? They stick. They've got moss in them. They're, they're really gross. You know why? Because they're not a part of the flow, they're not a part of the river, they're not in it. And, and, and these things that have kind of been carved off naturally become toxic. And if you drink that water you're gonna get sick and uh we need to make sure that we we've got this newness this freshness coming through and uh church in three years is not going to look the same as it does now there's going to be different people in here hopefully the same people are in here but there's just new people uh but there's going to be different people and, and, and if we're still in our same friendship groups if we're still in our same kind of connect groups then we're missing the freshness that god wants to bring in and through our church how do we have a church with an inner flame we carry wood we make sure that we seek out and we search for long burning wood and we make sure that we get the ash away from the altar and then we become part of that circle the outer court one point i've got one point into when it comes to the outer court remember it had fine linen and brass it was beautiful it was deliberately beautiful The outer court is the expanse. It's the meeting point. It's where the sacred met the mundane. When the temple is built by the children of Israel, the outer court is the only place where the Gentiles could go within the temple. It's the only place where the outsider had a place to interact and to connect. Churches are literally dying out because they haven't opened up their outer court. We need to have a big outer court. And our outer court needs to be beautiful. It needs to be deliberately beautiful. The outer court was where the fresh wood came through. The person carrying the wood would have to go through the outer court to go to the altar. Fresh wood coming through the outer court, fanning the inner flame. That's how we make sure that these things move to... The the outer court needs to be where the sacred meets the everyday. The outer court needs to be where the presence of God meets the mundane. So what is our outer court? I think it's three things. Firstly, we are the outer court of the church. We're the outer court of the church. If you're here today and, and, and you're a full-on follower of Jesus Christ, well, you are the outer court of the church. You are where the sacred meets the mundane. You are where the sacred meets the everyday. You are the outer court. When you're at university, when you're on the job site, you're the outer court. You're where the holy presence of God meets somebody in their everyday moment. And it's not something to be taken lightly. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You don't have to. Imagine yourself being dressed up in fine linen and brass. I don't know what that looks like. But I know that when you are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, wherever you find yourself, you're the outer court. And we need to take that seriously. Because you're called to bring a sacred experience to the everyday, wherever you are. You know, I think that our inner flame is going really well. I, I I do, to be quite honest. I think that we have a great atmosphere, we have a great expectation, we have a great church. Yeah. And I think one of the things, if I'm honest, that we're lacking is we need a bigger outer court. We want to see new people coming in, we want to see people getting connected, we want to see people getting saved, we want to see people being added to the kingdom of heaven. And I think that you know it's time for our outer court to expand. It's time for our evangelists to be released. It's time for our evangelists. And, you know, who's an evangelist? You are. You are. I am. You are. We are evangelists. Um, but And, you know, it doesn't have to be some great theological wow. It can just be, hey. Somebody's saying, oh, I'm going through a tough time. Come into church. I'll sit with you. We'll leave if you, don't, if you want to leave halfway through. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You just, we've got to be receptive. We've got to have our anten- antenna up, ready, listening for when somebody says something like that. Our programs are our outer court. The greatest evangelism tool that we have is our Friday Night Youth program. So the, the fact of the matter is we see more people save through our youth group than anybody in, anywhere else any other department every, any other mode yeah. it's because we have a program yeah. we're, we're embarking on our um, circuit breaker course what's our circuit breaker course it's an out court it's an out of court, yeah. Yeah. It's, an out of court. It, it's an opportunity where the sacred gets to meet the mundane gets to meet the everyday and so I really want to encourage you maybe you're on the job site and ah oh, you know oh, I'm angry again. I'm always angry. Oh, hang on. Out of court moment. Hey, well, our church runs a program and it's not, it's not like Bible-y or Christian or anything like that. It's, it's to help people with their anger. It's an out of court moment. It's a foot in the door moment. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to make that happen, make that available so that we can have a strong out of court because the inner flame needs to be fanned with fresh wood. Needs to be fanned with fresh people. And then the last part, and this is kind of a real practical, but our foyer is our outer court, in a sense. Because you know what? That's the first thing that people see when they walk into church. It's our foyer. And so we need to be ready when we're in the foyer. And so it's not just I'm just going to come into church, I'm gonna sit down, listen, great, done my thing, I'm out of here. No, 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 no. You're the outer court when you're in the foyer. Hey, I haven't seen you around. I've been here for 36 years. Oh, well, you know, whatever. Uh, we've all done it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Let's not get offended by that. Um, but it's an outer court moment. The outer court was where it all happened. It was, it was, it was where, sometimes it got funky. When, when Jesus came along, he messed up the outer court because it was where it happened. And, and the foyer is where it kind of happens. And let's make sure that... We're ready and you know just I, I guess there's a couple of things that i want to do and, and i just want to give you a couple of specific points so uh you know we're taking up our legacy offering that uh, breakthrough offering with a view to legacy because we want to make sure that through all of this our inner flame is insured and our outer court is expanded and so just over the next couple of months you know we're, we're going to be making a few changes one of those things is that we're going to be uh purchasing a uh, a, a play gym for two-year-olds. Now, this year alone, we've had between five and nine kids turn two in our kids' program. And uh, so well done, everybody. Well done. Uh, but that's a need. And so we want to make sure that two-year-olds are accommodated. And, and so we're going, to be, we're going to be purchasing a play gym so that our two-year-olds can be accommodated. And, you know while I've got you as well, we need to make sure that we've got people to, f- to man that. And, uh, you know, you might be here this morning and you're like, well, I can't be a kids' leader. I don't, I can't lead kids. Well, can you just sit there and make sure that they don't, you know, backflip off the two-year-old play gym? <laughs> then maybe you can help carry wood for our kids. Yeah. Uh, you, don't have, like, you don't have to be a biblical scholar to be able to... You don't have to teach necessarily. You just need to be able to make sure that they're safe. Yeah. And uh, you know you can join any number of teams. We've got our cafe training. If you want to be barista trained after the service, it is going to be free. Uh, all that you have to do is join our cafe team. Um, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, but you know we've got our, our barista training after the service today. If you want to join any team, scan that QR code, click join a team, and, uh, and we'll make that happen. Because you know what, we're called to carry wood. Uh, the other thing that we want to do is, you know, we want to make, we, we're at the moment, and I'm not going to say specifics, because at the moment we're, we're looking how we can make sure that our foyer is, is better designed for what it needs to be. Because at the moment, uh, if you walk up that ramp, you walk up into a dark auditorium, And uh, because at the moment we have two settings on our lights, on and off, and uh, and you know it's, it's really technical. It's a real technical term. Um, on and off, and uh, and so we want when, when somebody walks into the foyer, we want it to be the best experience of their life. Yeah. Yeah. We want them to feel like, holy moly, I'm ready, I'm home, this is me, and uh, and so we're going to be exploring a couple of options in terms of that. And, uh, you know, we're going to be using this offering just to kind of upgrade and make sure that that everything is going to continue and and just get better and better and better. But this is how we keep the flame going. We keep the inner flame hot and bright. And we make sure that the outer court is expanding, but it's beautiful. And, uh, And we want to make sure that when people walk in here, they see beauty in the conversations, they see beauty in the building. They, get, they walk in and they go, wow, I never thought church could be this friendly. I never thought church could be this vibrant. I never thought church could be this energetic. I'm home. And uh, we're part of something big. We are part of something big, let's be honest. Because we're seeing great things happen. And, and you know, the truth is you could go to churches and they're closing their doors because literally they're dying out. And, uh, and you know what, you, you possibly might find a service that's more to your liking, but we're moving places. We're seeing things happen. We're seeing young people won one for God. We're seeing uh, young families come to know Christ. We're, we're baptizing young and old. Yeah. Yeah, right. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I'm so proud of it and I'm so excited for it. Come on. Come on. And I want to see more of it. I want to see more of it because yeah. I want people to see, to look at the church and go, This does not make sense. What's the key? And our answer is always this. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. He's the key. He's the key to how this works. He's the key because as we encounter Jesus, we're removing ash from our life. As we encounter him, we're we're, we're taking the dead stuff and we're moving out. and, and, And that's our only point of difference, really, if we want to be real about it. We need to make sure that we're encountering Jesus on a, on a level all the time, because He's the one that removes the hurt. He's the one that removes the pain, and you know, we've got stories in this place of people that shouldn't be here today, of people that shouldn't exist, but because of Jesus removed the ash that was in their life. And, uh, and those are the stories that we want to reiterate and tell. you for listening to this podcast.